You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. KP coming at you from the Triviality studio. Mm, KP. Yeah. New nickname. Yeah. KP, we got uh, M-A-N-F, J-C. <laughs> Jeff C. Jeff C. <laughs> <laughs> JC, yeah, yeah I think that was doing? taken. Well, uh, we're doing good, right? Yeah, doing okay. Uh, Jeff, you're trying to uh, start a JC uh, JC Chazé fan club. I yeah, think. I had a feeling the Insync reference was coming. It here. was coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, of course I am, Neil. I mean, how could you not, right? Yeah, he's the he's the most uh, underrated member of Insync. Probably the best singing voice of Insync. I would say uh, Neil's Justin views are Timberlake not reflective. Is the most underrated. Yeah, it, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, he so might be the most rated. Mm, he's rated. Rated R. Whatever happened to who's the guy with the who with the Chris Kirkpatrick? The Chris. Chris Kirkpatrick no. will mm. be on the new season of Big Brother. Great. There you go. Can't uh. wait. <laughs> I mean, my favorite was when he played a pop star on The Fairly Odd Parents. So there's yeah. that too. And then Joey Fatone's on the Game Show Network. He's a game show host now, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So what else do we the do? The poor on man's this guy NSYNC theory. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about NSYNC. We got a great show uh, coming at you today. Two great guests on the podcast. Um, and the first is an Oakland Five supporter from Dundee, Oregon. That is Darren Monk. How you doing today? Good. How are you guys? We're just fine. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. My name is Darren Monk. I'm 44. I live in Dundee, Oregon, which is uh, about 45 minutes outside of Portland in the heart of the beautiful Oregon wine country. I've uh, been listening to you guys for a couple of years, uh, ever since I got turned on to you by misinformation. Mm, our good friends. We love uh, misinformation. You're a guest on their show coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah, beginning of April, you'll hear me on the show. What are you uh, talking Swayze? Nice. Is it all Swayze? It's all talking Swayze. about Swayze, yeah. All, day, all Swayze all day. Swayze oh. for Swayze. Are you some kind of expert in that? Uh, I might be. I, I have a book coming out, but I'm still not sure if I'm an expert. Oh, you haven't told the people yet. <laughs> I haven't told the people. We'll, we'll talk about it today. Well, uh, Darren, you had a very specific qualifier for who you wanted to team up with, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, Wrestling is like the one blind spot, especially as far as things that you guys like to cover on the show. So I said, you know, give me the guy that knows the most about wrestling. And we mm-hmm. said that is Matt. Yep, I am. I am wanted for a change. So this is very exciting. The the tag team partner Darren's been getting beat up in the corner, and then my music hits, and I come in, and we'll see if I get any questions. Get right. that hot tag. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we, me and Jeff can go up against that uh, ultimate team, uh, we need to introduce our host, 
Oakland Five supporter Sam Alimo from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us. Hi, guys. How's it going? And what's going on with you? Uh, not much. Uh, I'm a medical technologist, uh, and I got to go to work when we wrap this up. All right, so we better hurry up because people, <laughs> people can't be waiting yeah, for their technology. He has an important job. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not as important as it sounds. All right, well, we're looking forward to this uh, great game, but before we begin, we need the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager zero to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Oh yeah, it's the cream of the crop. All right, so Jeff, uh, we just got back from a trip to uh, sunny Laguna Beach to celebrate our friend Iva and Mark's wedding. So congratulations to those two. And mm -hmm. also nice seeing our friends Dana and her husband, Mark. Different Marks, obviously. But uh, shout out to all you guys. I know some of you listen. So um, so how about we be Team OC, the OC? Oh, don't call it that. Yeah. All right, Team OC. And then, uh, Matt, you and Darren are partnering together. What are, you, what are you thinking? Yeah, just thinking back to the beginning of this episode and talking about NSYNC and just how I learned those dance moves when I was a kid. I think we're going to be Darren's dance grooves. Ooh, that's a great reference. All right, Darren's dance grooves. Okay, I'm just going to sit out and uh, be scorekeeper and overall flavor, uh, one of those little flavor packets that you put Neil in your flavor. drink. Neil flavor. <laughs> extra, ne extra Neil, please. Like, yeah. in, like in the ramen, where you just, you're supposed to put like half of it, because otherwise it's Intense too, Neil flavor. Yeah, too much I, Neil. I give you electrolytes Ooh. and a little bit of pepper. Buttermilk ranch. Mm. <laughs> All right, cool. Round one, question one. Uh, let's start off with a dry <laughs> question. Uh, at 2.7 million kilometers squared in area, what is the largest landlocked country? Second place, Mongolia, is only 1.6 million kilometers squared. Mm, sounds like a Jeff question. I know the region, right? Because I said something wrong. Yeah. You said, well, you're close. Very good. We're in. Oh, boy. Um, how is your geography, Darren? <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. I'm pretty sure I know this one. Um, oh, good. Is it, is, let me guess. Is it one of the stands? Is it, is it a Kazakhstan or something along those lines? No, no, nah. it's, uh, it's in Africa. Oh, way um, off. <laughs> yeah. So I think it used to be Uganda, uh, but then like Ethiopia used to have some coastline uh, and then Eritrea like got independence. And so they blocked off Ethiopia. So I think it's Ethiopia now. That's right. a really good guess. Africa is way bigger than I always remember because the stupid Mercator projection. Uh, we said Kazakhstan. Uh, points going to one team here. According to my records, it's Kazakhstan. Mm. We'll uh, we'll have Neil double check that information, and uh, we'll move on to question two in the meantime, and we'll we'll judge it later. All right. Question two is a uh, music before and after. Uh, I'm gonna describe two bands, and then you smush their names together. Uh, Chicago-based indie rock band whose albums include Being There and Yankee Hotel Foxtrot combines with an English band whose albums include X and Y and Parachutes. All right, we're locked in. We're, yeah, we're good. You got anything on this? I think I think I know it, but I um, want some confirmation. Well, is the Chicago indie band... Only one comes to mind. Yeah, obviously. Fall Out Boy. No, I don't... <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, <clears throat> that is not the direction I was going. What is I I I know that album. It's it's not Wilco, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. And I think then what's I think the, the other second one? one is Coldplay. Yes, so Will, be, Coldplay. Like, Will Coldplay. Yeah. I I knew a kid named Will Coldplay, so <laughs> we'll lock in with that. Was his favorite color yellow? <laughs> it was all yellow, actually. Yeah, we said Will Coldplay. Uh, excellent. Everyone's correct with Will Coldplay. Great. Hey, can anybody name another person in Coldplay besides Chris Martin? The guy who hits the giant bass drum? <laughs> in that one song? In that one song. Uh, just to, to come in here with a little news update, I believe from the research, <laughs> the quick research I've done here. So it says that Kazakhstan is number one, and as Sam said, Mongolia number two, Ethiopia uh, number six overall, at least according uh-huh. to this. Atlas. Oh, you know what it is? I think it's the most populated landlocked country, maybe. Ethiopia. There you go. Mm. All right, question three. When warmed, ice made with water melts into a liquid before evaporating into a gas. However, dry ice, as the name suggests, transitions directly from a solid to a gas. What I really want to know is, what is this process called? I used to know this. Sophomore year of high school. Yeah, right? (laughs) 20 20 years ago? Let's not put a time frame on it. It it starts, and we're not old, but it starts to get gross when you think of things that happen in the first half of your life being in high school. Let me tell you, I realized I was old this week because um, (laughs) when I substitute for the gym classes, sometimes they put um, like mumble rap on Mm -hmm. and they'll play a song that sounds like it sounds. And then another song comes on that sounds exactly the same. They'll be like, no, not this song. I'm going to skip this one. And then another song will come on that sounds exactly the same. (laughs) What was different about that middle song? (laughs) Anyways, what do you think? Oh, uh, I I think I got it. Okay, we're in. I think this is sublimation. Oh, that sounds science-y. I'm pretty good that we can lock in with that. Then we'll say sublimation. Yep. Uh, it took me a while to get there. I kept thinking transubstantiation, which is very different. <laughs> and uh, I eventually settled on, uh, kind of agreed, sublimation. Sublimation is correct. Uh, nobody picked up on my clue. What I really want to know, uh, it's a lyric from uh. Santeria by Sublime. Uh, I was going to say that there was a Stevie Wonder cover instead of Superstition. It's sublimation. Mm. Uh. Here's a little fun fact for you. Did you know if you pour uh, hot water and cold water into a bowl, the hot water is higher pitched because the molecules in hot water don't stick as well as cold water. It's higher pitched? Yeah, if you if you listen to water being poured into a bowl. <laughs> oh, okay. If you're ever in a dark yeah, room and someone's it, pouring water. No, yo, that one was it's, hot. It's on my Spotify playlist. Did you know if you pour <laughs> hot water and cold water into a bowl, the water at the end will be warmish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we learned your gym teacher at, at your class is a me- big Migos fan and that uh, you can learn the pitch of water there you mm-hmm. go. You're in a dark room. All right. Question five. Uh, four. Uh, I want to think. I think we should do four first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds right. Yeah, four. Okay. <laughs> uh, question four. Uh, in the poem Harlem by Langston Hughes, he compares a dream deferred to a rotten meat, a syrupy sweet, and what third food item later the title of a 1951 play? All right. I think we're locked in. Yeah. Do you have any ideas here? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, A Raisin in the Sun, which was uh, later a play by Lorraine Hansberry. Mm, a Raisin in the Sun. The yeah. 
Yeah, it's food. I agree. Well, um, Darren seems to be a pretty uh, smart cookie, and uh, I'm glad I wrote down the same thing that he said because he sounds confident. Oh, I thought you were going to say because you like raisins in your cookies. Mm, yeah, I uh, do like an oatmeal raisin yeah, cookie. Not terrible. Oatmeal raisin is my favorite cookie, to be honest. Like oh. raisins on their own, oatmeal on its own, but together. I'm oatmeal chocolate chip. It's so boring. Yeah, you're. Boring. I'm always disappointed when I bite into a cookie <laughs> and there's a raisin in there when I think it was yeah. a chocolate chip. That's, get that's fruits out of my treats. But that's if you know it's an oatmeal cookie, then <laughs> you run the risk. Just be ready. Hey, are yeah, we right? right. Uh, everyone is correct with raisin <laughs> in the sun. Excellent job. Now, Matt, your favorite uh, adaptation of Raisin in the Sun is one starring uh, P. Diddy. Is that correct? Oh, that is correct. House of the Raisin Sun with Felicia Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> Can't stop him. <laughs> it's a real one. It's a real adaptation. He's in it. Yeah, I believe it. All right, real question five this time. Uh, my dad wrote it. I want to thank him. Uh, in six years between 1996 and 2001, the New York Yankees participated in five World Series, winning four times. Uh, what team defeated the Yankees the year they lost the World Series? This team was the fastest expansion team to win a World Series in Major League history, winning in just their fourth season. Mm, I know this one. Yay. Good luck in. Are you, you okay with us yeah. locking in? Good. What do you think it is? I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm shrugging really hard. Oh. And my traps are killing me. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Okay. Nationals? Giants? Giants are not an expansion team. Okay. Um, Should I just keep dime, Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks? That's the one we always go for, but Astros? I don't think they've ever been. I don't think it was the Astros, because they were in Montreal before that. Let's name a team. <laughs> Diamondbacks, because I don't know. The D-backs. Oh. Uh, not, not a bad guess. Diamondbacks were in... 2001 or 2002 i believe but i think that's the answer which is what he said he said he included 2001 right yeah but i'm pretty sure that this is the florida marlins yeah 97 yep locked in florida marlins uh an unexpected uh twist matt missing the baseball question i was looking for arizona diamondbacks for real hmm yes yeah, mm. in 2001, the uh, New York Yankees lost to the Arizona Diamondbacks four games to three. In only their fourth season, the Diamondbacks beat yeah, the Yankees. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, Yankees. I think there the way the question it. was phrased, it had to be the Yankees losing. So Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. All right, there you have it. So at the end of five, looks like uh, we're perfect so far. We're batting 1,000. You're batting 1,000, yeah, with 50 points. And Darren's dance grooves uh, just slightly behind with 30 points. So still very close. We're, we're, we lucked out on that last one. <laughs> Let's be real. All right, question six. Tacos made with spit-roasted pork are referred to as this, Spanish for shepherd style. I thought you were going to say tacos made with spit. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I get when I badmouth the cashier at Taco Bell. That's my guess, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, we're locked in. That's my favorite, so. Um, we're taco connoisseurs. I think that this is barbacoa. What do you think, Darren? Um, I think the shepherd thing is it's like al pastor because it's like a pasture thing. Okay. Because barbacoa, yeah. I think, is just like literally barbecued, basically. Okay. Well, then we can go with al pastor. Yeah, when you go to a Mexican restaurant and they actually have the spit, that's how you know it's going to be good. And we said el pastor. Everybody nailed it. Al pastor is correct. All right. Question seven. This diminutive post-impressionist painter, whose most famous works include a series of posters for a Parisian cabaret, supposedly hollowed out his cane so he could fill it with a stash of liquor. 
Was Napoleon a post-impressionist <laughs> painter? He wasn't even that diminutive. No, he wasn't. Pretty average mm-hmm. for the time. Taller than Tom Cruise. <laughs> who's he's a, who who's five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and I shrinking. Think, I think by the... Uh, by the current U.S. standards, Napoleon would only be one inch shorter than the average male in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, right. So, No one brought up how strange it was that this man was drinking out of his cane. Or that his cane was like slashing around <laughs> as he walked. <laughs> no, he'd fill it up at the start of the day and by like 2 p.m. that cane would be hollow again. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Jeff, um, this is not ringing any bell to me. I don't know any painter that was like notably short. Yeah. So, or has a name that even sounds like tiny. And I'm not familiar with that series of paintings. Uh, let's just say Matisse. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you you don't forget the guy that was like sloshing the the liquor around in his cane. Um, so I'm pretty sure this is Toulouse Lautrec. Ah, like, you'd be surprised because I will forget and... that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Henry Toulouse Lautrec is correct. Uh, he hung out at the Moulin Rouge. Portrayed by John Leguizamo in the film. Mm. We're interested in that kind of thing. All right, question eight. Uh, it's going to be homophones. I'm going to give you two definitions of two words uh, that are homophones. They are spelled differently, but sound the same when pronounced out loud. Definition one is a noun, often confused with moss. It's a complex organism composed of algae living among the filaments of fungi. Definition two is a verb, to describe a subject as similar to another subject. Yeah, we can yeah, lock it. Any ideas? Uh, I think this, yeah, I think it's lichen, like the oh like yes, the little green stuff that grows on trees, and then lichen, and like compare, yeah, to lichen something, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Like when you liken something on Facebook, <laughs> yes, I, give, I give us an unlichen button. That's all we're asking for. It should be a bad grammar button. <laughs> Can you turn into a lichen when the full moon comes out? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was waiting. Thank you, Neil. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, we are locked in with lichen as well. All right. Points all around. It is lichen and lichen. All right. Question nine. Founded in 1903, what company changed their stock ticker from HDI to HOG in 2006? Oh, I don't have any money. Hog. <laughs> I wonder if it was in uh, it, at the same time that William H. Macy and John Travolta taught us that hogs could be wild, that they changed. Please, no wild hogs uh... joke. <laughs> the no classic hogs mentions classic we, buddy film. we've talked about this game. yeah uh you got anything jeff nothing's really coming to mind all right we have no money so we're gonna tap on this one yeah i mean i think you guys were talking about it like i think it's just John Travolta? i think it's harley because hdi harley davidson hog <laughs> is like another name for harley's uh <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Oh All my right. god! Oh my god, guys! Oh my god! He came back. Well, those years make sense too. Oh. Yep. Get our motor right, running. Dance grooves coming through with the answer. Uh, Harley Davidson is correct. So far in this game, I am riding in the sidecar to Darren's motorcycle. <laughs> you are actually. Darren is is Just pulling you piloting along. along. <laughs> All right, let's finish this uh, round strong with a mad question. How about it? <laughs> All right, question 10. This American host of a daytime talk show that ran from 1991 to 2018 was born in 1944 in a London underground station where his mother was sheltering during a Nazi bombing. In addition to broadcasting, he's enjoyed success in politics and practicing law. All right, we're uh, locked in. 
Um, do you think this is the former mayor of Cincinnati, Jerry Springer? Yeah, yeah, the guy who uh, likes to pay hookers with a check. Well, you know, I asked asked for a Matt question. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think we got one. We said Jerry Springer. All right, finishing the round strong. Uh, Former mayor of Cincinnati, Jerry Springer is correct. I do want to say that was a very intense second half of the first round because Darren's dance grooves uh, riding high on Darren riding this motorcycle with Matt in the sidecar. Perfect (laughs) that round. Now at 80 points, tying the OC who picked up only 30 points. So it's tied at 80 going into the swing round. I'm happy with that. And speaking of the swing round, uh, one way that the rounds swing here is with a, a bunch of points, but we couldn't do the show without a bunch of support. So thank you very much to... Darren and uh, Sam for being Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them and get a bunch of extra audio content, you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast, sign up, get a bunch of uh, extra perks like stickers, boxes, posters, but most of all, all that extra audio content where, Matt, what is one of your favorite uh, crop drop questions that you've gotten that you can think of? Um, we, we, every month it's, it's themed. So we had a lot of uh, fun with not having resolutions and what are our least favorite resolutions in January, February, you know, a lot of Valentine's stuff, and we're just, I just want to tell you guys who my Valentine is. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of uh, our Patreon bonuses... But you have to pay for it. You have to, you have to pay for your Valentine, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Patreon bonuses, too, what we're trying to do is invite uh, patrons to come on, bring us 15 questions just for some extra trivia every month. So if you're interested in just doing that, maybe you don't want to do a full game like Sam is doing today. You just want to bring us 15 questions to kind of try and well, stump informal. us. Informal. Mm-hmm. We'll play as a team. Uh, just email us, and we'll, we'll get you on. So we can do that uh, 12 times a year, so... Yeah, if you'd like to join them in supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast and uh, help us continue to grow like Napoleon. Uh, The swing round, I'm going to class things up with what I'm calling the art of listening. Uh, I got clips from 10 classical pieces of music. I'm going to ask for the composer and the name of the piece. I'm thinking three points for composer and three points for the name for 60 points for the full round. Sounds good. Mm. You could ask for those things, but I can't guarantee I'll give you them. <laughs> it will sound Fair good. enough. All right. So let's begin. Uh, clip number one. Clip number two. Clip number three. Clip number four. Clip number five. Clip number six. Clip number seven.
clip number eight. And clip number nine. Clip number 10. All right, we will consider those and we'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. And we're back. We uh, listened to this uh, classical music for a change, and uh, I think we did okay. Let's uh, find out how we did. Um, so let's hear the clips one more time. So number one, uh, what did you guys have? Uh, so for that one, that's the that's from two thousand one. Um, but I think this one, it's called "Thus Spake Zarathustra," and it's by Richard Strauss. We had the same. We said, thus spoke Zarathustra, and we had Strauss. All right. Points all around. Thus spake Zarathustra and Ricard Strauss. That's correct. Uh, for number two, um, we weren't really sure on this one. I know it's like the classic, uh, like, old school horror movie music, but it I didn't know, like, what the composer would be so we kind of just guessed that it was phantom of the opera by weber and we're pretty sure that's toccata and fugue by bach mm. uh, that's correct Bach's an organ guy toccata and fugue in d minor all right number three 
for that one, we kind of think it was Mozart, and guessing on the title, we're guessing it's Moonlight Sonata. Uh, we guessed that this was Vivaldi from The Four Seasons. Uh, Antonio Vivaldi, The Four Seasons, it's Spring, that's correct. Uh, spring 1, nice. by chance? Uh, yes. Yeah, that was my guess. Nice. Never be more specific if you don't have to. I know. That's, that's why. Cool. That's why we didn't. <laughs> and number four. Uh, for that one, we think it was Claire de Lune by Debussy. Yeah, we said Claire de Lune, Claude Debussy. Claire de Lune, Claude Debussy is correct. And number five. Uh, number five, we have the eighteen twelve overture by Tchaikovsky. Uh, yes, we agree. Eighteen twelve overture, Tchaikovsky. One of the only songs with cannons in the instrumentation, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Eighteen twelve overture, Tchaikovsky is correct. And number six. Uh, number six, we didn't really have anything super good, but it was a slow piano-y song, so we were thinking maybe it was Chopin, and we didn't really have a title. I th- thought that one was Mozart's Requiem. So that's what we said. Uh, actually, here you're looking for Moonlight Sonata uh, by Ludwig ah. van Beethoven. Oh. All right. On to number seven. Uh, for seven, we uh, were pretty sure this was all Matt, uh, Right of the Valkyries uh, by Wagner. The one thing I knew. Yeah, we said uh, Flight of the Valkyries by Wagner. Uh, yes, Ride of the Valkyries by Wagner. I think we probably accept Flight of the Valkyries as well, right? I think so. If you're nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You Flight, got Valkyries. Ride, they're, they're, they're moving. They're, they're, they're moving. We've yeah. all seen Apocalypse <laughs> Now. It's, they're moving. Do they fly in? or? Well, no. Or so it's, it was a small uh, uh, passenger plane filled with Tom Cruise from the movie Valkyrie. <laughs> Maybe I'm just thinking of the helicopters <laughs> coming in. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Uh, so number eight, we're pretty sure it's from Fantasia, but we weren't really sure if that was just the name of the, the piece of music or if there was like a more specific name. So we went with The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I'm pretty sure that's by Leopold Stokowski. Uh, we went with The Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky. Uh, it's uh, from a play, I believe, by Henrik Ibsen called Pierre Gint. Uh, Edvard oh. Grieg composed the music. It's called wow. In the Hall of the Mountain King. That's right. Oh, yeah. And number nine. Uh, number nine, we didn't really have anything, so we just kind of focused on which major composers we didn't have anything for, and uh, we went with Brahms on that one. And uh, we thought this one was a Requiem, too, and this time we said Beethoven, but now that the first one wasn't Mozart, I think this is Mozart's <laughs> Requiem, but I still could be wrong. Uh, this is, I think, the toughest one. This is an American composer and definitely the most recent. This is Adagio for Strings by Samuel Barber. Barber. Okay. Huh. Double wrong. <laughs> if you're wrong, why not double down? Right. We couldn't get more wronger. And number 10. Uh, 10, we were completely out of ideas at this point, so we just guessed that this is Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And we were pretty sure this is Mozart. Uh, we didn't know what to call it, so we just said minuet. Uh, number 10, Mozart is correct. It's Ina Kleine Nachtmusik. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. What? <laughs> a little, little night music. Oh. Yeah. A little night music, correct. But we got Mozart. So that was our first half yeah. point. All right, after the swing round, it looks like Darren's dance groups is going to pick up 24 points, bringing their total to 104. 
And the OC is picking up 39 points, putting them in the lead once again with 119 points. Got some football scores. Mm-hmm. Not really. No, well, Just weird numbers. That'd be like a 1920s football game where there's no defense. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll start round two. Uh, question one. German Emmanuel Lasker, Cuban Jose Raul Capablanca, and Russian Boris Spatsky have all held the title of world champion of what? All right, we are going to go ahead and lock in. Um, so those names generally don't mean anything to me. I'm thinking about a German or Russian um, and Colombian. Walking uh, to a bar. Cuban. Yeah, I was waiting for the joke <laughs> set up here. Uh, <laughs> do you think it's world champion of chess? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, on a, yeah, I think all of those guys are chess guys. I think Spassky was like one of the guys that uh, Bobby Fischer played against, maybe. The name, that name sounded the most familiar, or it's just because of the way it sounds we associate with chess. But either way, I think I'm good. I'm good with going with chess there. And for all those reasons, we said chess also. Uh, chess is correct. I left some of the bigger names off the list, Gary Kasparov, Magnus Carlsen, and Bobby Fischer, but they are all champions, world champions of chess. Yeah, the chess gene did not get passed down into my bloodline because I have no idea how to play. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the largest differential of any, like, game or sport between being me and being the world champion is probably chess yeah why, why isn't there a, a i'd very, probably be better at ski jumping than <laughs> why isn't there a very intense you know psychological thriller about checkers That's i'm not gonna need. land the ski yeah. jump but at least i'll fly yeah we you to... might even make it across the line the queen's <laughs> gamut of connect four <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be great uh yeah ken you're the eddie the eagle of uh of chess okay yeah. Can't do Connect Four. That's solved, man. That, that, that series would be about 18 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two. Question number two. Sitting behind the ears, these paired lobes of the human brain are primarily involved in processing memories and emotions and have little to do with punctuality. I were locked in. Probably nothing with any of the cortex or not not the hippocampus, right? Or the hypothalamus. Right. Because that's like a, shaped like a seahorse, which is why it's called that. I mean, I'm just trying to think of, like, the punctuality hint. I know. I'm like, thinking of, like, There's, like, a thymus. Semicolons. Which could be a thymus, I guess. But that doesn't seem right. Like, what, what are, like, there's I, clocks and watches. Whatever and... whatever part of the brain this is did not develop for me, because I don't know this at all. All right. Well, let's just say thymus, because that kind of yeah. sounds like time. Okay. All right, we believe these lobes are right behind your temples, and they're the temporal lobes. Oh, Indeed, yeah, if you're concerned with timeliness, you might be concerned with temporal lobes. That's correct. Nice. All right, uh, question three. In Home Alone, the McAllister family dashes through the airport and barely makes it to their gate in time to board their flight. Assuming it's a direct flight, they likely landed at the airport named for what soldier and statesman? We can lock in. So they went to Paris, right? That is correct. In Home Alone 1. Yeah. So it, it's got to be Charles de Gaulle. Who's yeah. like the general. And... That's a long direct flight, but I think that that is correct. So we can lock in with that. We too said Charles de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle is correct. It's uh, the place where uh, It's a Wonderful Life is always playing in French. <laughs> what? In the movie, they're in the hotel oh. and they're they have, all that is is French TV and they're watching oh, okay. Jimmy Stewart. Right. So 
Give me your best French Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, well, it's a coupe Soccer blue. <laughs> oh, my French just went out the window. I had I had a couple of phrases ready to go, but good enough. That was. I said I, I cut I, the cheese. Four. I said I cut the cheese. <laughs> All right, question four. Pittsburgh naturalist Rachel Carson is most famous for authoring what alliteratively titled scientific text? We can lock in. Considered a seminal book in the environmental movement, it led to a national ban on the pesticide DDT. Hmm. Did you read this one? I have read this book. I've read it too. I learned about this in my environmental biology class. And then you forgot? And then I forgot. Now, speaking of wrestling, the reason... uh, uh, Darren pick you today is because he thought there might be some wrestling questions. Can you enlighten him about the DDT of wrestling? Because it isn't about that, but oh uh, yeah, that is uh, Jake the Snake originated the DDT and it was named after that. Mm-hmm. So that does not help with this question no. at all. Uh, do you have any idea, Darren? Have you read this book? Uh, I haven't so... read this book, but uh, it comes up in trivia a lot. I think it's uh, Silent Spring because like, yes, all the, yes, 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 yes. The, the birds had like weak eggs, and so they didn't have any. There were no little babies chirping in the spring. Sounds pleasant. Okay, we're going to lock in with Silent Spring. And uh, we too said Silent Spring, and if I hadn't banned Jeff from the soundboard, we'd get a wah-wah right now. But <laughs> Silent Spring. <laughs> Debbie Downer. Uh, Silent Spring is correct. I had to get a little Pittsburgh question in there if I could. It's not exactly a great read, but it definitely, you know, definitely. It's important. Well, and it definitely, you know, got people talking about it. All right, question five. I'd like to thank my wife. She wrote this question. Uh, five films have won an Oscar for Best Picture without a corresponding nomination for Best Director. They are 1927's Wings, 1931's Grand Hotel, and 1989's Driving Miss Daisy, and two movies from the 21st century. For 10 points, name one winning movie and unnominated director. For five bonus points, name both films and both directors. We can we can go with. Do you want to go with uh, Argo or Crash? Well, we it's, we name we can name two, right? Yeah, I think you can name both. Yeah. Oh well, let's let's name those two and. Yeah. Do you know who the directors I, were for either of those? No, I have no idea. Let's say Sofia Coppola. <laughs> she's she's just directing right. everything. And Alfonso Cuarón. <laughs> I was gonna say like Sam Mendes or something, but. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine just going with the movies. That's yeah. Good I, th- I thought Crash, though it sucks, was nominated for director. Um, we said g- the Sucky Green Book and uh, the pretty good but not best picture caliber King's Speech, but I think that one was nominated for director. Joe Wright. All right. Uh, points for both teams. The movies were 2012's Argo with Ben Affleck getting the snub and uh, 2018's yeah. Green Book with Peter Farrelly getting the snub. Yeah, when he said Argo, I was like... I couldn't remember if Affleck was nominated or not, but I knew Affleck directed. Mm-hmm. So, how were the points yeah. uh, dispersed on that one? Five just each. Normal each. points. Normal. Oh, just ten each. Okay. Yeah, just ten each. Yeah. After the first half of the second round, the OC batting perfect once again, picking up fifty points, bringing their total to one sixty nine, and Darren's dance grooves picking up forty points, bringing their total to one forty four. All right. Uh, question six. Choreographed by Russian Vladimir Nijitsky, this vernal ballet's avant-garde music and choreography was so shocking when it premiered in 1913, the audience was overcome with emotion, leading to a riot. 
I'm trying to think if that gives me anything else. All right, we're locked in with a fake ballet. Yeah, the only the only ballet are the two that Ken named. So Nutcracker, honestly, 1913, the time fits, but I don't think it's that. Um, it was so shocking. <laughs> so shocking. Well, I was reading a story about it. It was like a, a Bugs Bunny cartoon, and like the first time he said, what's up, Doc? They had to like stop because the audience was just cheering and laughing so hard. It was the funniest thing that anyone had ever seen. <laughs> It's like the Lumiere brothers when it's they, a lot easier. they yeah. filmed the, the train coming uh, into the station. The people ran out of the theater. thought the train was going to hit them. Here we, are, <laughs> a moving here picture. we are trying to come up with clever <laughs> to say to our <laughs> listeners every week. Yeah. Could have just been like, what's, what's up, up doc? doc? The first knock-knock joke. And like, who's there? Wow. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. What a twist. All right. What do you guys think? <laughs> do we have anything, Darren? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think I got this one. Um, so <laughs> okay. vernal is like having to do with spring, like the vernal equinox. And so I think this is the rite of spring is the ballet by Stravinsky. Mm. Okay. That sounds pretty uh, good. We're just saying a spring song. Uh, Darren is on it. It is the rite of spring by Igor Stravinsky. Uh, apparently the rich people, uh, and the poor people disagreed about what a ballet should look like. And they came to blows in the audience. Wow. They dropped their monocles. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of shattered mono- the night of the shattered monocle. I miss those days when poor people could attend ballets. Yeah, right. I was just thinking of the Nutcracker when Matt said that, that they're having fights about, uh, you know, those blasted sugar plums. You know? <laughs> All right, question seven. When Nathan Handwerker opened his famous hot dog stand on Coney Island in 1916, he employed what unusual advertising to- technique to assure customers that hot dogs were healthy and safe to eat? All right, we're locked in. Um, maybe was, do you think that this is like the satisfaction guaranteed? Um, I mean, it could be, I was thinking, so I know that the big like hot dog eating contest is like a Nathan's thing. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he was just like, oh, well, how people eat like 50 hot dogs and if they don't die, you know, they're, they're yeah. Dead. So it could have been the Let's first hot dog eating there, contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> changing the game. Dunkin' buns in water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it was like the 100th annual hot dog eating contest. One of them, you know, I remember seeing something like that. So that would make sense. The time frame adds up. Um, so, yeah, let's say it was the, uh, the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. And we thought that maybe this was the Nathan of the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. That's what we said. Uh, it is the Nathan of the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Uh, what I was looking for was uh, when he opened his stand, he was charging a nickel for hot dogs and all of his competitors were charging a dime. Uh, so people thought his were a suspect. So he hired uh, actors to come stand outside of the stand wearing surgeon smock. So they look like doctors eating mm. hot dogs. Wow. wow. And, and that fooled everybody. It turns out that yeah. still works today. That was the uh, nine out of ten dentists agree. Of, yeah, that's of why they. Have to, that's why they have to say not a doctor, yeah. actor that, on the bottom of. Uh, people believe that. That's the what's up doc of hot dogs. <laughs> Maybe you just needed Billy. I'm Mavis. not a doctor, but I eat <laughs> hot dogs on TV. <laughs> All right. Question eight. Originating in Madrid in 1894, Ratoncito Perez is a Spanish and Latin American analog to what mythical figure of American culture? Notice the suffix cito. I think that means small in size or something. Uh, yeah, Jeff had a guess on this one and uh, wasn't my train of thought, but I like it. 
Um, so my first thought was something like a Paul Bunyan type. Um, do you have any idea? I mean, he's big, but for some reason, I feel like I've heard this before, but I can't think of what it was. But I think it's something in the like realm of like Santa Claus, um, but not Easter like Bunny. Santa Claus. Easter Bunny, <laughs> but I think the small thing made me think of like the Tooth Fairy, like a little oh. and then takes your tooth. Like I don't know. Oh I mean, that's no! Kind of nightmare fuel, but <laughs> yeah. Give me that mola. Okay. <laughs> It's the rat tooth fairy. It's the yeah. rat tooth. He's very. He, he sounds like James Cagney though. It's like, yeah. What do you see? Give me that mole, she. Give me the mole. Chuck E. Cheese yeah. is always trying to make you smile. Now we know why. Um, I think. So you going with the rat tooth fairy? Yeah, the old rat tooth fairy. That's really funny. If that turns out to be true, I don't mind being wrong. Uh, we guessed Pecos Bill. I thought maybe he might be tiny. Either way, we got a new character on the show. The <laughs> rat tooth fairy. All right, points for one team here. Nobody caught my clue, which was Sito means small incisor something. Oh. Uh, incisor is a tooth, and it is the tooth fairy. Good oh, job, guys. Yes. Wow. I'm cool with that. Nice. Is it a rat tooth fairy, though? Because that's what I need to know. I, I think it's a mouse that comes into your room and exchanges your teeth for presents. <laughs> the most important thing is that Jeff's going to get to Photoshop wings onto a rat for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I read a tweet the other day that was pretty disturbing. It was a parent who said that their kid came up to them and said, Mom, do you know that the tooth fairy, when uh, they took your teeth as a child, gave them to me when I was born? So I have all your child teeth. It's really creepy. <laughs> it's a circle of life. Say the darndest things. You know? into your, yeah, <laughs> stealing your teeth. Remember your teeth from when you were a kid? I have them. What are they doing with this? Do they have some kind of bone fort? <laughs> bone castle. It's more than a fort. All right, question nine. In 2004, Spider-Man 2, Dr. Audio Octavius designs a fusion reactor that he claims could provide an infinite source of clean energy. However, to initiate the reaction, the reactor requires tritium as fuel. Of what element is tritium a radioactive isotope? That started really good for me and ended really badly <laughs> for me. Something of a scientist myself. <laughs> I'm something of a Spider-Man movie enthusiast myself, but not a scientist. So, I think we're good. Okay. Um, so we're looking. We're thinking about some radioactive elements, right? I'm well, guessing. I think. Like, yeah. Although. I don't know. The first thing that popped into my head. So like, I know that there's like a isotope of hydrogen that's called deuterium. So that's like, mm -hmm. I feel like three, like, you know, the logical progression would be deuterium tritium, but that okay. doesn't seem like it'd be radioactive, but I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, maybe once you add that third hydrogen, it gets a little toxic. Yeah, it's like super unstable. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm good with locking in with that. I think it has more to do with the number of extra electrons around it. Um, but we two guessed hydrogen. Uh, I had the same thought about deuterium. Um, so that's what we went with. Uh, yeah, everyone is correct. You're on the right track. It's the number of neutrons in the oh, nucleus. Neutrons, that's right. Two is deuterium. Oh, one neutron and one proton is deuterium. And then two neutrons and one proton is tritium. That was stupid. I mean, because uh, they call uh, water made with deuterium heavy water. Heavy water. Right, an electron exactly. wouldn't really wouldn't add any weight. <laughs> All right, question 10. This cocktail made of cognac, orange liqueur, and lemon juice was named after an 1893 invention of a French army officer. 
who won a cash prize offered by his local newspaper for his transportation innovation. All right. We are locked in. Okay. So they're locked in. Um, I think I think this might be a sidecar. What do you think of that, Darren? Yeah, you were yep. in one earlier, right? Think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this has come up previously on this episode. I think you're right. <laughs> Good way to bookend the round. Uh, we're going to go with sidecar. Yeah, we said sidecar. That is correct. The paper had a contest to see who could develop the best method for carrying a bicycle passenger, and he invented the sidecar. Oh, and I thank oh, him all day. As Matt said, he was in Darren's sidecar uh, for this entire game, uh, helping them along to get uh, an extra 40 points uh, in the second half of the second round, bringing their total to 184, a very narrow margin to the OC who picked up 20 more points, bringing their total to 189. So it's a very tight game here. Five points. All right. The categories are athletic, luxurious, horrifying, infantile and redheaded and all the wagers are now locked in looks like everybody's going for it pushing all the chips they have to the within rules now i'm hungry within rules all right question one athletic what country broke a 97 year gold medal drought at the 2021 olympics in tokyo when hidilin diaz set an olympic record for the clean and jerk Prior to her gold medal performance, this nation enjoyed most of their Olympic success in boxing, winning three silvers. Number two, luxurious. This idyllic Greek island, renowned for its beautiful scenery and vibrant nightlife, is a preferred getaway of the rich and famous, including Heidi Klum, James Franco, and Naomi Osaka, who had celebrated her 24th birthday there in 2021. Question three is horrifying. What fictional city, the setting of numerous best-selling novels, has a name its creator took from his favorite childhood novel? The name was later chosen by a famous film director as the name of his production company. Question four, infantile. Donald Glover's stage name, Childish Gambino, was created by a name generator on the website of what legendary New York hip-hop group? Now we're now it's in our wheelhouse yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and question five, red-headed. What historical figure said in a 1588 speech, I know I have the body of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king of England? And we have all the questions. We'll be right back with our answers. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. 
every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And the answers are now locked in. Let's uh, see how it goes. Let's get the question number one again. All right, question number one. What country broke a 97-year gold medal drought at the 2021 Tokyo Olympics when Hidilin Diaz set an Olympic record for clean and jerk? Prior to her gold medal performance, the nation enjoyed most Olympic success in boxing, winning three silvers. Yep. Uh, I remember when this happened uh, last year, uh, time of recording, and uh, I'm pretty sure this is the Philippines. Uh, We too said the Philippines. All right, points all around. The Philippines is correct. Question two, this idyllic Greek island, renowned for its beautiful scenery and vibrant nightlife, is a preferred getaway of the rich and famous, including Heidi Klum, James Franco, and Naomi Osaka, who celebrated her 24th birthday there in 2021. And for 30 points on this one as well, we said Mykonos. Uh, We were on the same page and said Mykonos. Mykonos is correct. Excellent job. All right. uh, Number three, I think, was a tricky one. What fictional city, the setting of numerous best-selling novels, has a name its creator took from his favorite childhood novel? The name was later chosen by a famous film director as the name of his production company. Pretty sure this is Stephen King, right, that we're talking Mm -hmm. about? And I believe it's Castle Rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is the one that, this is uh, where it all fell apart for us. Uh, We we had no idea. Went through a bunch of different directors and we're trying to name their production companies. It turns out not as many as I thought that I knew. Uh, So we just said Amblin. Uh, Castle Rock is correct. The setting of the Dead Zone, Cujo, and Needful Things. Uh, Stephen King took it from one of his favorite childhood novels, The Lord of the Flies. And then Rob Reiner, who directed a bunch of Stephen King adaptations, chose Castle Rock Entertainment as the name of his production company. Uh, Question four. Donald Glover's stage name, Childish Gambino, was created by a name generator on the website of what legendary New York hip-hop group? Uh, Yeah, this one was right in mine and Matt's wheelhouse. Mm. I believe this is the Wu-Tang Clan name generator. Mm, A huge staple of early 2000s internet culture, uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan is correct. Uh, I gave it a whirl. Uh, My name is Criminal Philosophical, which is pretty tight. I'm cool with that. Mm. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Last question five. What historical figure said in a 1588 speech, I know I have the body of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king and a king of England too. Yep, pretty sure when you're talking about famous redheads about this time, it's got to be Elizabeth I. It was between that and Wendy. Uh, We also (laughs) went with Queen Elizabeth I. (laughs) Queen Elizabeth I is correct. She waned for 44 years, providing stability to England and forging a sense of national identity. All right. It looks like, if my math is correct, at the end of the game, Darren's dance groove picking up 90 points, bringing their total to 274 Mm -hmm but unable to beat the perfect final round, picking up 150 points. The OC bringing their total to 339 points, making them today's cream of the crop. Oh my God, you guys. You're like the cream of the crop right now. Hooray. Wow. 
you guys, man, that was that was close. Quite a run. Uh, any any single question could have changed the outcome uh, there. Yeah, two seventy four wins about ninety percent. That of was the like games. almost every <laughs> single game. <laughs> but uh, we just ran Ryan into a bus. Came in and just kicked the crap out of us. Yeah, <laughs> Darren, quite a uh, performance yeah. uh, driving that uh, chopper while Matt is in the sidecar. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Different chopper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is more uh, wild hogs than yeah, black yeah. hawk down. So. But uh, we appreciate your Patreon support and also joining us today. Any uh, parting parting words? Uh, no, thanks. It was a ton of fun. Thanks for writing an awesome game, Sam. Uh, it was super fun to, to actually get to play with you guys and uh, look forward to continuing to support you guys and listening to some great content. Thank you very much. And uh, couldn't have been a great game without our great host today, Sam. Uh, any parting words from you? Oh, you guys are too kind. Um, I just want to shout out to my wife, Kristen, uh, and my dad. They both wrote a clue. And uh, the playtesters on the crop, Louie and those guys, uh, did a great job. And I'd like to thank you guys for having me on. Let me splash around in the sandbox here. Yeah, appreciate you joining us. Yeah. It was a lot of fun today. Um, any Anything else, Neil? You good? No, I think that's it. I, I did, any I did. less Wild Hogs references? You done? No more Wild Hogs references. But speaking mm-hmm. of what Sam said, yeah, if you're if you're hosting an upcoming game, make sure to get it play tested in the crop or on the Discord. We have a lot of great play testers. It helps us uh, make sure we don't have any repeat questions and gets the uh, difficulty just perfect for us and our, our guests. And on top of that, uh, Ken was telling us that he loves uh, splicing in uh, cream of the crop impressions, Macho Man impressions, however you want to say it. So if you'd like to do one of those, uh, saying cream of the crop or I am the cream, all that good stuff. Feel free to record it. Uh, email us at trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you need any more instructions, sort of what to say, you can email us and we'll, we'll give you those instructions. But we could use some more. More uh, cream. Lis- yeah, more, more cream. cream. More cream. More we, listener submitted from cream. From the crop. We get yeah. too much spam. We need more cream in our mailbox. We get a lot of spam. So, yes. Please send stop us- signing up for <laughs> yeah. stuff. Also, stop signing us up for those things if you're doing that. <laughs> Please. All right. Well, that'll do it today. Thank you for listening to Triviality as usual. For our guest, Jeff. Neil, Matt, and myself, that was Triviality. So what did we watch yesterday, to our dismay, Neil? We watched Swordfish. (laughs) Which is a horrible movie. Mm. That movie, yet is not nearly as good Holly as, Berry, I, right, as guys? the trailer right. made me think it would be. A $100 million movie that opens with Travolta giving a monologue about Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> and the whole movie is yellow. And it's downhill Extremely from there. They probably spent most of that budget trying to fix the TVR that I'm sure kept blowing up on them. Oh, man, it was horrible. But if you're familiar with the movie, um, Hugh Jackman is in it, a very young Hugh Jackman, uh, put into some compromising positions. So Could you do trivia in such a position? We'll find out. Can't next do up. trivia under normal circumstances, <laughs> That's so <true>. probably not. <laughs>